wherever you may be, this is your host, Bruce Ash, broadcasting live again from the third level of my underground bunker located in Coronado, California, where the men are strong, the women are good looking, and the parents think their children are way above average. Welcoming you to a special jam-packed edition of Inside Track. Gee, we, we actually survived Hurricane K. Eb's in the studio this week after some well-earned time off. Eb? Hey, Bruce and I want to thank you and remind you to please sponsor our great sponsors. Tucson Iron and Metal Surplus. Their junk might be your new fence. They get so many cool things you must really come and see before they go flying out the, the gates. Essential Pest, Eric Rudin's crew is doing a superb job at all of Bruce's company properties and his home as well. And Eric, if you're listening, call me. I need your help. Corazon Cabinets, cabinets you will love at the price you can really afford. Call Joy or Allie and visit the showroom to see their unbelievable in-stock inventory and find out how you can get your kitchen and bath projects finished before the holidays, which are right around the corner. Bruce. Also supporting Inside Track is the aforementioned Eb Wilkinson from Wilkinson Wealth Management. Tired of lame financial advice, Eb is committed that you be able to retire comfortably and stay comfortably retired. Also, our friend Eb helps so many sportsmen and gun owners just like all of our listeners here on Inside Track. He helps you create wealth, even in challenging times, so let him help you. All of our sponsors are locally owned, family-run businesses you can depend upon. Eb and I do, so should you. We welcome your calls today on the Tucson Iron and Metal Retail Live Line at 790-2040. Eb? We have another great show for you today. After a brief rundown, we'll speak with friend of the show, author Scott Powell, about his new column about the absurdity of the president's claim that you, Bruce, and I are fascists or at least semi-fascists. Former Ohio Secretary of State, NRA National Board Member, and America First Policy Institute elections expert, Ken Blackwell joins us for a brief update right after the bottom of the hour break. And finally, we ask that every one of you stay tuned all the way through the end of the show. After hearing from Ken Blackwell, Doc, uh, Dr. Bart Pemberton, back-to-basics candidate for the Catalina Foothill School Board, We'll talk about the antidote for falling reading and math scores, mask mandates, as well as gender-bending policies from the board who stopped listening to parents of their students. Bruce. Thanks, Ab. And before we get to Scott Powell, I'd like the opportunity uh, to share some comments about the passing this week of Queen Elizabeth. I want to share a message from Boris Johnson, who actually might end up be being known as a better wordsmith than he was as a prime minister on the passing of the queen after serving her country for nearly all of her life. These were um, words that he um, uh, spoke about earlier this week, and they were published in the Telegraph. He says, this is our country's saddest day. In the hearts of every one of us, there is an ache at the passing of our queen a deep and personal sense of loss, far more intense than what we had expected. She seemed so timeless and so wonderful that I'm afraid we have come to believe like children that she would just go on and on. But in these first grim moments since the news, I know that millions of people have been pausing whatever they've been doing to think about Queen Elizabeth 
and the bright and shining light that has finally gone out. Wave after wave of grief is tolling, rolling across the world from Balmoral, where our thoughts are with the royal family and breaking far beyond this country and throughout that great commonwealth of nations she so cherished and which cherished her in return. It is only now that we grasp how much she meant for us, how much she did for us, and how much she really loved us. As is so natural with human beings, it is only when we face the reality of our loss that we truly understand what has gone. He went on to say, as we think of the void she leaves, we understand the vital role she played selflessly and calmly embodying the continuity and unity of our country. We think of her deep wisdom and historic understanding and her seemingly inexhaustible but understated sense of duty. Relentless though her daily diary must have felt, she never once let it show. And to tens of thousands of events, great and small, she brought her smile and her warmth and her gentle humor. And for an unrivaled 70 years, she spread that magic around her kingdom. He says, this is our country's saddest day because she had a unique and simple power to make us happy. And that's why we loved her. That is why we grieve for Elizabeth the Great, the longest serving and in many ways finest monarch in our history. She was one of its best accomplishments and that she only and that she not only modernized the constitutional monarchy but produced an heir to the throne who will amply do justice to her legacy and whose own sense of duty in the best traditions of his mother country and his country. Through, excuse me, though our voices may be choked with sadness, we can still stay with confidence the words not heard in this country for more than seven decades. And then Johnson finishes his statement by saying, God save the king. And that's Charles III, who took his uh, oath today in Parliament in a special session. And, um, uh, Eb, I don't know if you uh, heard him speak on uh, Friday um, uh, from, from, the, uh, from Buckingham Castle about his sense of duty. But, uh, you know, there's been lots of criticism over Charles for decades. Uh, you know, he, he actually is the, the oldest uh, British monarch to take the throne. Uh, but uh, he, he, I think, is up to the challenge. And I think what was interesting to hear also, Eb, was that uh, he has uh, told the public and also he has uh, told um, uh, Parliament that he, stands, that he plans to stand away, to step away from various projects uh, like global climate and some of the other uh, things that he's been involved in and will become that constitutional monarch that his mother was. Well, everything that he's done, everything that he's read, everything that he's accomplished has prepared him for this task 
of being king, one that he did not want, but one that he knew that he would ultimately get. Oh, that's true. That's true. <clears throat> so when we return, we'll speak with opinion maker Scott Powell and discuss what President Krusty said about all us semi-fascists. You're listening to Inside Track on KVOI. Trusted local news and talk. Bruce and I will be right back. I'm proud to welcome my good friends at Tucson Iron and Metal Retail to Inside Track as an advertiser. Jamie Kipper and her staff are conservation experts. They sell round and square steel tubing, metal plate and roofing materials, as well as new and used steel, aluminum, and stainless steel to ranchers, artists, interior designers, roofers, and do-it-yourselfers, just like all of the listeners here. Tucson Iron and Metal Retail is open Monday through Fridays, 8 a.m. to 4.30 p.m., and Saturdays, 8 a.m. to noon. Tucson Iron and Steel Retail, 701 East 36th Street. Call 520-209-1576 or go to tucsonironretail.com. And when you do call, mention this ad and receive an additional 10% discount on their already great prices. Instead of an activity where every kid gets a trophy, those who graduate from Wright Flight get to fly a plane. But only if they get good grades, are well-behaved, and pass a written test. I'm Robin Stoddard, an ex-fighter pilot. I founded Wright Flight because I knew it could help kids reach new heights in their schools, homes, and communities. Endorsed by educators at every level, nonprofit Wright Flight has changed thousands of lives since 1986. Learn more at rightflight.org. Essential Pest Control leaves bugs belly up with science. You mean you don't use a shoe? <sighs> no, we use the latest in technology and innovation to eliminate bugs, termites, weeds, and more. No spray cans and lighters? None of that. Only solutions that target insect biology, using chemistry to help protect the environment, people, and their pets. Huh. Essential Pest Control leaves bugs belly up. Call 886-3029 or visit EssentialPest.com. This is Ed Wilkinson of Wilkinson Wealth Management. If you think what's happening in Ukraine can't happen here, think again. Look who's occupying the White House. This is one of many things our forefathers predicted and ensured those rights in our Constitution. We manage money for gun owners. Call me at 777-1911 or WilkinsonWealthMGMT.com. Welcome back to Inside Track. Eb and I are pleased that one of our Inside Track regulars, I like to think of him as a regular, Scott Powell, has taken time out on a football, uh, college football Saturday afternoon to chat with us today uh, about uh, current events. Welcome, Scott. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you. It's great, great to be with you and your audience. You're, uh, you're doing great work there. You bet. And you are also. Now, Scott, you've been busy since President Krusty's speech in front of Constitution Hall, accusing over a third of Americans, certainly including you, Eb, myself, and all of our listeners being fascists. Polling suggests that Americans, both on the right and left, disagree with him. Former Labor Secretary Robert Reich doubled down, saying that even Ron DeSantis is a fascist. Scott Powell, is there any conservative running in 2022 who is not a fascist in the eyes of the president and his supporters? And isn't this just a Bernie Sanders, George Soros smear to demoralize Republicans and help uh, Democrats 
uh, win elections that otherwise they'd have a hard time winning uh, this year? Well, there's a, a lot to a lot to unpack there. I'd say this that it's it's sad that this sort of accusation uh, would get any traction at all. It, it sort of reflects uh, how American people have been um, dumbed down and uh, confused and demoralized, so that they really can't they really don't understand things very well because the the accusation of um, Republicans being fascist is so far removed from reality that it's unthinkable. I mean, it, it shows how deceitful, unprincipled uh, Democrats are and and how blind, you know, really how blind the Demo- Democratic Party leadership is, that they would even think that this, uh, w- you know, would gain some traction. The reality is, is that uh, fascism is a phenomenon that can be understood uh, by history. And I think the easiest way to understand fascism is to, re- is to understand the basics of the, what led up to World War II. And b- both the Nazi Party of Germany and Mussolini's, uh, Mus- Mussolini's rise in Italy, uh, they both came out of socialism. Uh, Hitler was the leader of the National Socialist Party of Germany, and and um, Benito Mussolini was a revolutionary socialist right up until 1919, whereupon he combined socialism with nationalism to create fascism. Um, <clears throat> and that's who these folks are. Fascism and communism are really kissing cousins. They involve the total control of society, that includes the economy. Uh, the only difference between communist, you know, true Marxist communist uh, system and the fascist system is that in fascism, the government, con- the, the, the private, private enterprise, the large corporations anyway, are, um, you know, are doing the bidding of the government. Uh, the means of production are not necessarily nationalized. They still may be in private hands, but, but business people, the leaders of business, are compromised cajoled uh, into serving the state, uh, whereas in the, in the Marxist communist system, the government owns the means of production. But that's really the only difference. They, both parties want to totally control life. They control the media. They shape people's opinion. They are one-party states, and they all have shown that they become utterly tyrannical and utterly corrupt uh, and have killed, murdered, um, Tens of millions of people, and maybe the, 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 the Nazi party, the number is probably lower than 10 million, but it's still, you know, I, I think numbers are six to eight million Jews were killed by, uh, by the Nazis. Um, in the case of Russia and, 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 and Chinese communism, you know, uh, around 100 million people were killed by those two, by those two countries on, under the communist system. Everywhere communism has gone and fascism has gone, there has been intolerance and, and, and brutal tyranny. So we, you know, people, whether it's, it's Trump or it's DeSantis or other Republicans, we believe in freedom. We believe in pluralism. Um, you know, we believe in, in the people. We believe that the people can come up with the solutions, that, that people can manage resources better than government, 
and that through the innovation and the entrepreneurial creativity in the private sector that uh, most solutions can be solved uh, better than they can through a one-size-fits-all government. That's who the Republicans are. They support, they support uh, free, you know, free thinking and free markets, period. Ab? Yeah, it's crazy. You know, the, uh, the fascists seem to be in control of the White House and That's Congress right. now. And, you know, you're, you're talking, so fascism versus communism, that's like Mussolini versus Stalin. Correct? Yeah, there's, there's really little difference. The, these, are, these, are, the, these people take total control over society, the, the culture, the economy, uh, the press, is all controlled by, uh, you know, the regime in power, be it fascist or communist. And that's why they call those systems totalitarian they, 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 they totally control everything. Yeah, not and like pe- they're doing now with uh, Facebook and Twitter and the cancel culture. Absolutely. There's, you know, there are elements of fascism now in the Democrat Party that likes which we haven't really seen. Maybe, uh, you know, maybe worse than, in, in some ways, worse than under FDR. Um, but it's, it is very disturbing that we haven't learned from the past and can't, seem to, uh, you know, uh, have a consensus. Now, it's very hard to know, you know, it's very hard to, to know what the majority of American people are thinking, because how do we know? We know through the pollsters, they're biased, so we don't really get good information from the polling. But I would, I would guess that, you know, uh, that, I mean, Joe Biden, we do know, that his polling, he's polling, polling extraordinarily low, and that the real reliable polls show him with only about a 12% support by the electorate. It's funny so you should, would, yeah, it's funny you should bring... At the lowest level of probably any president in history. Yeah, it's funny you should bring that up. You know, during his staged speech that he just had, when, by the way, NBC, ABC, and CBS were airing Press Your Luck, uh, Law & Order... And that was a rerun, by the way, and a rerun of young Sheldon instead of covering the president's speech because they are deathly concerned about what's going on. And during this stage speech, with as many references to democracy, um, you wrote in your latest column, they were more reminiscent of Mussolini's edict, all within the state, nothing outside the state, nothing against the state, than they were connected with the ideas and safeguards that have made the United States the oldest, freest, and most successful constitutional republic in the history of mankind. Aren't Americans, Republicans who voted for Donald Trump, the antithesis of this fascism? Absolutely, and they're scared to death <laughs> that, that, that Trump uh, is, is going to you know, announce uh, that, that he's a, a candidate for his president. There, you, you notice in Biden's speech there was a lot of concern about um, about vote fraud, and uh, Biden singled out people who didn't accept the last election, the 2020 election, and that uh, were uh, doubters, you know, you know, election deniers, if you will, uh, feeling that there was vote fraud, that these, he accused those people of being um, un-American or, you know, um, that they had no, no, they, they had no place in society. They had no place in the current debate about our country, that these were 
these people were uh, unpatriotic, right? Um, The fact is that the majority of American people feel beyond uh, really a shadow of a doubt that there were serious irregularities about the 2020 election. Um, And unfortunately, we haven't been able to, as yet, to really uh, get to a place where, where we could take some steps to decertify the election. But I think we're not too far away. I think Wisconsin is ready to decertify, I think, under Kerry Lake. Arizona will get to the bottom of their vote fraud. And the irregularities in Pennsylvania, Michigan and Pennsylvania, and Georgia, for that matter, they're so egregious that um, we, we, may, we actually may get to a constitutional crisis of decertification in three states, which would mean that Biden is illegitimate. Uh, clearly, you know, the, ele- the election, uh, his victory then comes into question. And how we handle that as a nation, because that would be unprecedented, remains to be seen. But that's why we have a Constitution. We, we can solve all our problems if we follow the Constitution. So, Scott, much is said by conservatives about the left's control of what of not what only excuse me, not only what the news uh, um, you know, how the news is presented, but whether or not the news which needs to be heard actually ever gets heard, like Biden uh, money scandals. And like you talked about with some of the election issues. Now, you're old enough and I'm old enough. And even Ebb, young Ebb is old enough to remember Dan Rather, Sam Donaldson, others who were a pain in the president's ass uh, back in the 60s and 70s and 80s, um, when presidents actually stood uh, up for robust news conferences, they would skewer the chief executive in front of a sometimes live national TV audience. So getting back to, to, to that talk about fascism and, and what fascism looks like in terms of uh, squelching any resistance and, and, you know, avoiding questions about legitimacy. Um, talk about the lack of any inquisitiveness by the media to ask almost any tough questions of the president, his press secretary or cabinet officials, and the very troubling phenomena about the number of photos and leaks of investigative evidence uh, to try Donald Trump in the public rather right. than in the courts where the Department of Justice knows they have no chance of convicting him. I've never seen any such leaks like this before. So what's your take about that lack of inquisitiveness and also how the government is is using the media as their ally to try Donald Trump in the court of public opinion? Yeah, well, that's why um, you were so you were so right in your, you know, mentioning that don't we see fascism really in the Democrat Party operation of today? And we do. Um, it's, this is using power by any means to uh, to silence the opposition. And you, you hear discussion about wanting to destroy the Republican Party. You know, to, you hear it from quite a number of quarters. What are these people thinking? Don't they understand that competition... Uh, in the in the political realm is absolutely essential to uh, having a uh, you know to, to ha- having a society in which you'd want to live. I, I mean, a, a one-party state is a tyrannical state, 
And um, so it's really crazy. And, you know, the founders really saw the media, the press in those days, they called it, as being a, as an essential a check to government, that it was almost like a fourth branch of government in terms of checks and balances. Um, and uh, we, we had that, uh, albeit, you know, it sort of was changed in the period of the Vietnam War when the media, the media went through a cultural revolution like the, the nation did, and um, the media became more, much more uh, liberal uh, after the Vietnam War. But it still served its uh, served its role, I think, up until um, really the Obama uh, the Obama years showed a, a further transformation of the of the media culture in America. And the media is really, in some ways, propaganda is more effective in the United States than it is in a uh, a communist type society. And the, and the reason is, is that in a communist type society, most uh, most people, they know how the game's played. They know that the media is just a mouthpiece for the government and they shouldn't. Therefore, they, they don't believe what it, what the media tells them. In America, we still have a, a, the thought and the, and the past history of a media of different stations, you know, multiple voices and therefore it's not controlled by the government but what we're learning uh increasingly is that the is that the government really has a huge control in the media in america and so we don't have a free press we really don't hey we're down scott we're down to the last minute uh big headlines from the mainstream media and also promoted by the left on social platforms that nationally about 350 law enforcement officers being part of the oath keepers as if there's some massive anti-democratic army of law enforcement officers bent on revolution or whatever. So 350 out of 900,000 officers in America to be members of a right-wing operation, that's about 3.8 ten thousandths of a percent of all peace officers. The point zero 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 zero. 3.8% of all peace officers. Isn't that just another assault by Soros, BLM, and Antifa and the Democratic Party to dampen GOP votes in the November midterms? Of course, of course, and so it's going to get worse. So I, I, I would remind all your listeners to be prepared for additional false flag events. I think that uh, they, they want to bait uh, Trump supporters into, in, into uh, taking, you know, even taking up arms, uh, they, they, they would like to bring on a civil war, really, even a small, uh, you know, you know, a, a small confrontation that could justify martial law, justify postponing the election, any number of things. Um, we, we've got to be aware that we, the people, have got to we, we have to stand fast. Don't take any of the bait. Insist that we have the elections no matter what is going on, no matter what these elections must we must have them. And we should all volunteer, get certified to be a poll watcher, get involved, uh, and, and we can make the difference. There's going to be vote fraud, that's for sure. But if we're manning the polling places and we're watching the process, I think we can be mitigated. And then everyone's got to get out and vote. We've got to have a massive turnout of voters who care about America and care about our kids. It's all about our kids now. 
What kind of country do we have for children to grow up in? We're losing it so rapidly. Hey, uh, we, I hate to do this. We have to break. We're at the bottom of the hour. Scott, thank you for joining us so much. Absolutely. Mr. Producer, let's take our bottom of the hour break to hear from our great supporters. You're listening to Inside Track on KVOA. Customers come first at Tucson Iron and Metal Surplus. A lot of the, the cities and the counties around have initiatives for artists. I think we're one of the premier artist suppliers for steel. First Saturday of every month, you can come down early and actually go through the scrapyard across the street. It's seven acres of metal. You can walk through with our people and pick out what you want. It's always interesting to see what the artists have done. We've done uh, actually a couple projects with the U of A engineering department and music department where the engineering music students came down together. They had to pick something out of the scrap and uh, they had to build an instrument. And we have one of those in front of the plant. Some really cool things come out of the scrap. Tucson Iron and Metal Surplus. Call 209-1579. Stop by the yard. 701 East 36th Street. Open Monday through Saturday. Essential Pest Control leaves bugs belly up with science. You mean you don't use a shoe? No, we use the latest in technology and innovation to eliminate bugs, termites, weeds, and more. No spray cans and lighters? None of that. Only solutions that target insect biology, using chemistry to help protect the environment, people, and their pets. Huh. Essential Pest Control leaves bugs belly up. Call 886-3029 or visit EssentialPest.com. This is Eb Wilkinson of Wilkinson Wealth Management. Are you letting rising inflation interfere with your ammo budget? Don't do that. Let us show you how to buy the same goods and services 20 years from now as you can today. We manage money for gun owners and we can guide you to retire comfortably and remain comfortably retired. Call me, Eb Wilkinson, at 777-1911 or WilkinsonWealthMGMT.com. Welcome back to Inside Track. Bruce is here. Eb's here. And joining us for the next few minutes is former Ohio Secretary of State, NRA National Board Member, and key leader at America First National Policy Institute. Uh, he is uh, waiting on the line, uh, Ken Blackwell. Welcome to the show, Ken. You may not recall, but I was whipping votes for you in your run for RNC chair in 2009, all the way through the fourth ballot when you withdrew. You rat, you should have won. You should have continued. You would have made a great Unbelievable. RNC chair. <laughs> um, but, but in a way, it, it did pave the way for Reince Priebus two years later. Hey, we were just talking with uh, Scott Powell about election integrity, and um, that is so important, and you are right in the middle uh, of what's going on with election integrity. Tell us about Arizona's so-called free and fair election initiative. It's an oxymoron if I ever heard one. Um, tell us what uh, the national, um, uh, the America First National Policy Institute has done to stop that initiative of being voted on this fall. Well, we, we were a suspect of the uh, signature collection process, uh, and we, in, in, in league with uh, several other uh, national and local organizations, uh, most notably the Arizona Free Enterprise 
club, we, we challenged uh, and we, we, we held our ground uh, and we made our case and we won the day. And that bogus legislation uh, will not be on, on the ballot. You know, America democracy is suffering from a credibility crisis. You know, activists and partisans uh, have filled more than a hundred lawsuits in uh, an unprecedented election election year uh, blitz. Uh, seizing, you know, uh, seizing upon the, the the weakening of our system in 2021 and 2020. Uh, 2020 uh, that was brought about by the uh, COVID-19 uh, pandemic. It was it was viewed as an opportunity to uh, loosen the chain of custody of ballots uh, and to do away with ver- verification systems that help guarantee that voters were who they they claim to be. Made us more reliant on in-mail voting. Uh, and what we know is that uh, the the best scenario, and this is what we're advocating for across the country, is in-person voting because it is more secure. Uh, it is monitored monitored in polling places by uh, election workers and observers uh, that that help protect uh, the integrity of of the process. Uh, and we have zeroed in now on those. Uh, jurisdictions that are relying more and more on uh, uh, unguardrailed, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, um, in-mail, in-mail voting. Uh, and we start by saying, look, uh, under normal circumstances, the U.S. Postal Service says that it, it loses 3% of uh, the, the regular mail. <laughs> oh, my God. Why would we want to uh, uh, make our our voting system more more vulnerable? So we we are zeroing in, working, encouraging in-person voting. We we have worked with uh, Voter Reference Foundation and uh, and a whole host of local organizations in Arizona uh, to make sure that every poll uh, precinct polling place is is, is covered by uh, election workers uh, and. Um, and, and 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 poll observers, and and so uh, we we have to rebuild uh, the confidence that uh, people have in election results, or we will we we will see the 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 constitutional republic that has made us uh, the premier constitutional republic in all of human history just fall to the ground. That's crazy. Hey, Ken, uh, AFPI has organized training sessions to train poll workers and observers how to keep our elections free from harm and restore that public trust that you're talking about in our elections. This show's founder, Emil Franzi, often said, even going back 20 years, that the real cheating most often occurs in the counting room, not at the polling place. He also said the longer it takes to count the votes, the greater chance someone has to follow up the process. So please uh, talk about the work that AFPI has been doing about training election workers in Arizona to restore that voter c- trust in our elections. Uh, absolutely, and, and, it, and it starts with uh, a very uh, common sense organizing principle. If you're not in the room, you're not in the game. And so we, we tell people, look, there are, there are over 3,000 counties 
uh, in this country. Uh, and when you understand that the genius of our system is in its uh, decentralization, it, the action takes place at the precinct level. And in 2021 and 2020, we had thousands, uh, tens of thousands of polling places uh, that were not covered. And that meant that there was not the transparency in the vote count uh, that, is, that is needed to build voter confidence in the, in the results. And so uh, we, we, have, we have worked with local officials, uh, county administrators. Uh, uh, we've encouraged both parties to make sure that there's bipartisan uh, citizen participation at the most basic level. Uh, and we've, we've gone around and we've worked with uh, folks who are, who are trained in this, uh, whether it is uh, AFPI, Center for Election Integrity, or uh, Cleta Mitchell and her, her group, or uh, local groups like, uh, like the Voter Reference File, Gina and that group, we are going out making sure that there, there is, is, that, is that coverage and that people are asking the right questions. But, again, I will go back there. We are encouraging in-person voting as much as possible uh, because that is the tightest chain of custody and it is the most secure way of determining voter, uh, that voters are who they claim to be through verification processes and practices. We are also saying that if, in fact, you have to mail in ballots, uh, there, there are ways and guardrails. We can't not have unsecured drop boxes. We, 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 we can't have, uh, you know, unrelated uh, 20, 20 pairs of hands touching the ballot uh, that, is, that is, uh, comes in absentee ballot or mailed in. Uh, and so we are now encouraging local officials to make sure that they tighten up, uh, tighten up their, their systems because absentee and, and voting by mail are the most uh, unreliable uh, systems in terms of uh, the security of the ballot. Well, we've got two minutes left. One of the issues in the 2020 vote here in Arizona had to do with the loss of chain of custody on votes processed by the Dominion software. Now, I'm not suggesting there is intent, but when the machines can't be examined, there are potential chain of custody problems. Don't you agree? Yeah, and, 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 that's, and that's why, you know, we, in fact, must have people in the room at all times that can, that can look at, one, if the machines are being used properly, look for irregularities or, or, uh, or dysfunctional machines, uh, and and if you're not there, you can't pick it up. Yeah, and then, not that you could like buy a Dominion voting machine from Michigan on eBay or anything like that. But uh, yeah, we 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 are at AFTI. We are encouraging that only U.S.-based machines are are uh, are purchased, and that there are bipartisan uh, ways of examining uh, the, the 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 vote count and and, and tabulation. Uh, at every point. Hey, Ken, Ken Blackwell. Uh, hey, it, it's good to hear your voice, a voice for, for uh, liberty in our country. Uh, we, we love you here in Arizona. We love the work that AFPI is doing. And, and I, I also should note, it's, it's not just being encouraged. It's training not just for Republicans. It's for Democrats as well. That's right. um, the, the AFPI is going way, way 
above and beyond the call of duty. Um, we need to press on to our next guest who's waiting on the line. Thanks okay. for your personal commitment to election integrity and, uh, and the good work being done by the America First crew. Thank you all. Great. Hey, thanks, right. Ken. Press on. Thanks. Bye-bye. So you, you bet. Um, hey, before we get to our next guest, Dr. Mark Pemberton, let me encourage you to visit the America First Policy Institute website at www.americafirstpolicy.com and support the good work being done by Ken Blackwell there with a few bucks from your pocket. America First needs your support. And while we're talking about support, please support our great sponsors, Tucson Iron and Metal Retail, Essential Pest Control, and Wilkinson Wealth Management, along with uh, those kids at Corazon Cabinets, local businesses you should do business with, Evan and I do, so should you. On to our next guest, Dr. Bart Pemberton. He's one of the three back-to-basic uh, candidates running to replace the current school board majority in the Catalina Foothill School District Board. Dr. Pemberton, we have a few precious minutes together before we close out. Uh, CFSD achievement scores have been going downhill. And the district has gone from being a top 10 Arizona school district to a growingly troubled district. You and your partners are looking to reverse this direction to reclaim transparency, listen to parents, focus on education, not political indoctrination. There is growing discontent, isn't there, from parents. Tell our listeners what pro-parent and student-first board measure uh, measures taken by this new uh, back to basics uh, slate will look like. Well, thank thank you, Bruce. Uh, basically, what we would do is we would concentrate on what we've all grown up with as a traditional education, and will not be left with uh, unusually named topics, uh, unusually named areas of discussion. It's going to be stuff that is clear to everybody so basically reading writing math civics the arts uh concentrating on the whole child and not diverging or not verging into things that are best left to parents uh not trying to supplant the role of the mother and the father uh we're going to be there to support the mother and father not take their place that yep yeah. Hey, Bart, n- number, thank you yes. for that. Number one, my eyes have never been better. I'm seeing everything I need to see. Thank you for that. Uh, <laughs> You're welcome. One of the existing board members who is defending her seat acknowledges that there have been academic losses in the district, but has blamed those deficiencies like rising dropout rates on other factors without acknowledging her role in allowing standards to fall and their failure to listen to parents concerns about school safety, sexual grooming, lack of transparency, about CRT and their flawed policies on masking, which have been responsible for a variety of educational problems. Tell our listeners what your pro-parent, pro-student policies, which focus on education outcomes and not political posturing looks like. Well, it, it, would, it would basically be the opposite of what we've seen the last couple of years. So we would not, you would not see us focusing on things that many people consider political, but it would be on stuff we've all traditionally understood to be educational topics and so, not political topics. I hope CRT is out of there. We're talking in a circle. Uh, yeah, that, that has no place 
and whether we call it by that name or something else, like they'll call it uh, social and emotional learning. Uh, there's other euphemisms, but basically things that are politics. If it, if it walks and talks and smells like politics, it's politics. And we're not, we're not interested in that. The proper place for politics is the legislature, not the school board. So we're getting back to the basics, like you said, like civics, which I don't know when the last time civics was taught in Tucson, but it's been a long time. Um, one of your running mates, Dr. Jasson, believes that more emphasis must be placed on technical education and prioritize uh, school nursing and student counseling. Talk about why that's so important. Well, the uh, it, having a uh, dual track, you know, basically, they have different names for it. Sometimes they call it, or it's called JTED. Uh, but basically, uh, not all not all children are meant to necessarily go to college, especially go to college and major in something that's worthless. So, it, basically, w- people have different skills, different desires, different motivations, and it's our job as the the schools. A job to help facilitate finding the best, uh, not only learning, but potential career paths that these children may wish to pursue. And those career paths don't automatically have to be, quote-unquote, college. They can be trade schools, skilled trades that are vitally important and, and, are very, and are potentially very lucrative. And just because they don't involve a college degree doesn't make them less valuable or less important. No, so not, we, we would have to have something that that would address those things. I agree. The Arizona Registrar of Contractors, Jeff Fleetham, uh, doesn't like to call it the trades. He likes to call it construction science technology. And he basically says the amount of science, the amount of tech, the amount of math that goes into building a house is far beyond anything that most people will ever learn in college. And yet, you know they want to keep people from going to those fields and then instead go into like 17th century French poetry or women's ethnic studies or something like that, which there's no career path for that unless it's educating. Yes. And and there's also, of course, there's uh, especially classical education for the sake of the education and basically to be able to critically think. And I would think that's that's going to be the other thing that we would emphasize. We want to emphasize critical thinking and try to teach the children how to think and not necessarily what to think. And I think that is reflected. There's been an attitude of teaching, mandating what to think and not allowing any dissenting opinions. And that's why the the uh, there's a, a 45% district-wide uh that kids are not proficient in math and 37% are not proficient in reading. And it's even worse at the high school level. It's 48% in math and 45% in reading. And, and now there, there are some new numbers. I think I heard reported and I don't, I don't know if there's, uh, I have to double check and see if they're any better. Maybe they're moving in the right direction, but I, there's no way that they've moved that much. So, I mean, basically we have almost half, are not proficient, and this is from the Arizona Department of Education. Almost half are not proficient in reading. Almost half are not proficient in in uh, or I say math. Almost half are not proficient in reading and and math. 
And so that those numbers are unacceptable, and they, they can and should be better, and they, they will get better if we have the right leadership. And, and also, of course, it does come down to individual responsibility of the student and the parents. It, it's, a, it's a team effort, um, and yeah, that's, that's what's necessary for success. And parents are the partners in this. They are not, we do not look at parents as obstacles to be overcome or people that are in the way. And that means more transparency uh, and not hiding things and, and, and not having curricula that can be, that a lot of people will just raise their eyebrows and say, why is this being taught? Or why is this subject matter being discussed? What is going on? We want to avoid those kind of things and get back to a classical, traditional, educational Bruce is chomping at the bit, but before he jumps in, let me ask one more thing. How much of that math or lack of math and lack of reading do you think is uh, intentional? Oh, you know, I, here's what I would say. I, I don't think, and maybe some would accuse me of, get, of being too gracious, but I, I think, I don't think this is necessarily intentional. I just think it's it's a consequence of having other priorities. And I, you know, so if the priorities are not what we've discussed, if the priorities are not reading, writing, math, civics, the arts, and educating the entire child, if it's not, if the emphasis departs from that and goes into politics, these are the inevitable consequences. This, you can't get any other consequences when, uh, when the focus becomes political and not educational. Thank you, Bruce. Right, real quick, before we have to close out the show, you're running with Dr. Grace Jason, as I mentioned before, and Bill Morgan. Uh, what would your call to the public uh, during school board meetings look like if you all win your elections to help parents, students, and taxpayers get a chance to speak and be heard at board meetings? Well, we would. In, what we would encourage is... Uh, not only a call, well, we would have a call to the public, but we would encourage their feedback on all the curricula. You know, there's a ton of mothers and fathers that have come up to me, more mothers than fathers, but th that have come to me with concerns about various books, various things that are being taught. And one of our calls would be, we need your help to review, review the curricula, because we, uh, it's a monumental task because there's hundreds, thousands of, of resources, and some of which are fantastic, and others of which you go, how did this ever get approved? Or how, why is this part of the curriculum? So we would, we would want their help. And then we also, uh, sometimes open meeting laws are such that I think you, know, you can't respond if the topic's not on the agenda. So one of the things that we would do is if a parent has something that they're very concerned about, we would... Uh, uh, within reason, of course, we would want to put this on the following agenda for the next meeting. And then the other thing is, of course, if it's a super crowded meeting, if, uh, then we'll never get anything done if, if everybody speaks forever. So I understand there's, there has to be a, a balancing act there to get uh, to be productive in a meeting, but also uh, let everybody be heard. So some of it's threading a needle and we would be open to feedback on how best to thread that. But one of the ways to do it is 
if there's enough parents that are concerned about something, that topic gets put on the following meeting's agenda so that it can be addressed and that there can be some appropriate back and forth. Otherwise, Dr. I Be- think the open Dr. meeting Mark Pemberton. Keep them, keep them talking, yeah. Dr. Beth Pemberton, we're going to have to leave it there. Um, if you okay. live in Catalina Foothill School District Insiders, there's a better way to govern the district. A vote for Dr. Bart Pemberton, Dr. Grace Jason, and Bill Morgan. This is the back-to-basis team. Help them get their message out. Put out their signs. Uh, give them some dough. Uh, you can contact them at www.btb. That's like back-to-basis. Dot school. Um, get out and vote for all of these uh, uh, great candidates. Uh, they are absolutely going to be the godsend for that district. Insiders, Evan, I hope you've enjoyed the show today uh, with our great guests. Join us next week. We already have a great show planned for you. Uh, as you know, our show is podcasted both on the KBOI website and on Apple Podcasts. All of our Inside Track episodes are available at Apple Podcasts. And until next week, for Inside Track and my great co-host, Eb Wilkinson, this is Bruce Ash. And Eb Wilkinson. All... I'm sorry, Eb. <laughs> didn't mean to step on Don't you. worry, that's okay. I'm here. You need to come home. Wishing you a very pleasant good afternoon, and we'll see you again in 167 hours. Viva Los Gatos tonight. Jamie Kipper and her father, Gary Kipper, from Tucson Iron and Metal. What are they going to see when they come through the gates? So when they come on in, they'll see our building up front. People have free reign to then go out and look in the yard. So it's not a typical scrapyard with a ton of big machinery. We have a couple of forklifts around, but that's about it just to help move material. So when you come in, it's all organized by material, whether it's square tubing, angle iron, roofing. And then there is a pile in the back, which is still organized and easy to get through. But that's stuff that comes over from the scrap. So we're unique in that we get stuff in from the scrap, which a lot of artists and people will like or reuse, whether it's a sink that someone needs for their house. We sell literally anything made of metal. Tucson Iron and Metal Surplus. Call 209-1579. Stop by the yard. 701 East 36th Street. Open Monday through Saturday. This is Ed Wilkinson of Wilkinson Wealth Management reminding you that every good and excellent thing stands moment by moment on the razor's edge of danger and must be fought for, including getting out of debt, building your wealth, and protecting your God-given right. We manage money for gun owners. Let us help you retire comfortably and remain comfortably retired. Call me at 777-1911 or wilkinsonwealthmgmt.com.